Welcome to another episode of Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined here, as always, <laughs> by Vader. Uh, how's it going, Vader? I'm the other host. The other I'm host, good. yes. I'm good. The other half. <laughs> I'm the other host. <laughs> sort of. Mm. <laughs> I'm the annoying guest you can't get rid of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. It's, uh, I don't know. I've been, been, everyone's been busy, I think, so... It's a nice, uh, nice change of pace. I think yes. you just got back from your your little vacation. Weeks behind recording this. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Our schedule's uh, up in the air anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll stick to it as best we can. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Australia was good. I went to a little Chinatown in Melbourne, Australia, which was fun. I always like to find Chinatowns wherever I go. I've been to three, one in London, one in Kobe, Japan, a little small town in Japan, and one in Melbourne now. So, All right, nice. Oh, re- saw, relevant you, to this podcast. You, yeah. <laughs> did you go to like a little burger joint? What was that? You said oh, yeah, I did. I was, trying to, I was trying to keep things uh, on point. Um, so I went to Melbourne for a games conference for Dark Insight, and I found a burger place called Kung Fu uh, Burger. And it had, yeah, I've complained a lot on this podcast about kind of your generic Asian tropes that uh, <laughs> a lot of people end up doing, like an American film and stuff. This was a bit of that. It was called Kung Fu Burger and only had one Kung Fu Burger. The rest were other Asian-inspired burgers. Um, so there was a Gundam-style burger. <laughs> a Gundam-style? Yeah. Which looked really good, and it's the burger I wanted to buy, but I was morally opposed to it because it was the, yeah, that stupid song. <laughs> Gangnam. Gangnam style, Gang- okay. Oh, I said it wrong. Don't you said Gundam. Me. Which, I mean, I, to be fair, it's easily confused. Just not a, doesn't I have a dance. Say that. <laughs> yes, I meant to say that, but it's my accent and my bad pronunciation. <laughs> That's um, all right. Uh, there's two different things with similar names, so... Gundam, I like. Gang, I Gangnam. <laughs> Not yeah. so good. Not down with the sigh. No, he's, he's funny, but that song, every little kid was just running around, just dancing like that everywhere. It was bad. Um, <laughs> so that it actually would look like the best tasting burger, but I was, yeah, as I, said, I was morally opposed to it. So I got the, the Japanese burger, which I actually can't remember the name of it now. The Gundam burger. <laughs> No, it was a Gundam. <laughs> um, it was, I think, it was somewhat martial art inspired, because it was the Thai boxer for like a, a Thai. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so it was a more general martial art Asian themed burger place. It was just called Kung Fu Burger. It had Bruce Lee, like I think, as the part of the well, Bruce Lee looking guy because they can't get they don't want to get sued uh, <laughs> as, the, as the mascot. But um, yeah, so I was trying to keep it on point on my trip. Yeah, yeah. I saw you. I think you said another picture of that theater. Um, yep, that was in Chinatown, and there was like a, a Chinese cinema where they had just lots of cool Chinese films going on. Um, and I'm sorry to report, I have tried my darndest to watch The Foreigner, but like, there's literally one theater that showed it like twice up in Auckland, so like an eight-hour drive from me, or a an hour flight. So ain't gonna happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was. So, uh, 
I was hoping you'd be able to catch it when you were on your trip, but yeah, I didn't see anywhere advertised, and it, we were quite busy in the end. So yeah, for sure. Time to go it's look a for a cinema, a... but I got back and like places said it was showing, like some of the movie theaters, like showing, and you go click on session times. There are no available session times. It's like, come on, like why say you're showing it then? Yeah. Um, so I'm a little annoyed at New Zealand, but hopefully it will be on iTunes soon. Cause yeah, be... on demand or something. Um, yeah. It should be pretty quick. It, uh, it's already out of the theaters here as far as I'm aware, which means uh, December, January probably it'll be in the, in the yeah, yeah. to be able to purchase. Um, so just yeah. reporting back after last episode because we talked about that. We did. Um, I was able to watch it. And it's great. <laughs> so uh, when we're both able to to catch up on it, um, that's it's super in the the cards to cover because it was good. It's a good one. Good Jackie Chan. Yes, gritty Jackie Chan looks. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Uh, but more on point, what are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't pick this one. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame me. Call oh, me out. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, um, yes, it is my fault. Uh, we're, we're, watch- we're, we're watching. We're talking about Monk Comes Down the Mountain. Um, I did choose this one. The name intrigued me. I knew nothing about it. And the name sounded fun. And I was very quickly surprised to find out it's a reasonably modern setting. I thought it was going to be ancient China. And it's actually, uh, what? 1930s? China? Yeah, 1930s, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's around the war time. Similar periods to other movies we've covered. Um, yeah, it's um, similar to Yip Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and we'll find some about. cast similarities. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a very odd one. Um, let's, let's just give you a quick summary. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. Where's your, um, where's your minute summary? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've got to do a plot summary. Do you want to do that now? We're going to do that when we get into it. Uh, uh, no, we'll just do it now. I'll just put you on the spot. Uh, so is... uh, one of our listeners, um, my Sinclair Maya. on uh, Twitter, uh, proposed that we do a 60-second plot rundown. And this movie, mm, well, let's see if we can do it. <laughs> Go ahead. 18 plots? Yeah. Um, and to just to point out, she she kind of caught us, uh, made fun of us because we tweeted about how we don't know what the plot is, and she said it's in the title. Uh, and that's uh, not wrong, but it's not enough. It's not right because that's got very little to do with the plot. That's just that's the first like two minutes. That's how our character gets to experiencing the plot, I guess. Yeah. Um. Okay. Plot. Monk comes down a mountain and lives about 18 life's worth of experiences, learning about life, death, uh, betrayal, cheating, um, joy, happiness, and then goes back up a mountain. That is the plot. And it was like 10 seconds. Yeah, that was good. It was like 15 seconds, maybe. (laughs) I don't know if that actually summarizes the plot well enough, but Uh, that's... I don't know. It's It's pretty good, I guess. Has you know a beginning, a middle, and an end. But yeah, it's all about life and what we can learn from it. Is mm-hmm. what I get from this movie. Um, that's the plot. Oh, that is that the plot, or is that the moral? I, I that's the moral of the story. I think. 
it's the that's the the um destination i guess not the not the journey no i failed my sorry i tried how about you give it a go (laughs) no no that's okay we'll we'll cover it as we go um there's too much there's way too much going on to i think um boil it down to more than what you just said so it's probably as good as it's gonna get well that's what i that's why I kind of summarize it as it's life being experienced in very quick succession is, and that's what it seems to me is that's the point of this movie. It's an expression of, I guess, major key life experiences because it covers death. It covers love. It covers lust. It covers, um, betrayal. It covers all those yeah, big life like experiences that we have. The human condition, I guess. And yeah, you know, it I deals a lot with Buddhism. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, no, that's it's, it's pretty uh, succinct, I guess. It's, it's as good as it's going to get, like I said. <laughs> Something quick. <laughs> well, we tried, and it was fun trying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess we get into the cast, as we usually do. Um, do you want to kick us off with that? Yeah. Uh, so this was directed by Kaiga Chen. Yeah, I'm guessing, because I've never seen... Not that I've seen like every Chinese name, but that this was a new one to me. Um, so Kaige Chen, because yeah. uh, Kaige sounds more Japanese, but like Kaige, Kaige maybe I don't know. Um, could be. I'd have, to, I'd have to see it, I guess, it's spelled out in Pinyin or something. Um, anyway, uh, he has a p- pretty sizable filmography, but for our concerns, he directed. The Emperor and the Assassin in 1998, uh, The Promise in 2005, and then fairly recently, um, Sacrifice in 2010. And then, uh, I don't think we said, but The Monk Comes Down the Mountain was from 2015, so it's relatively recent. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm guessing from what you just uh, alluded to is most of the director's uh, filmography is non-martial art based. Mm, they're all dramas. Um, yep. There are a lot of contemporary. Uh, they're kind of like Wong Kar Wai. It's a lot of cinema. Some uh, what do you want to call it picturesque. <laughs> very nice cinematography. And yeah, well, this you know, had dealing with it did too. Uh, and they're they're dealing a lot with. Um, pathos and uh, human drama um everything that he does in his other movies is is represented in monk comes down the mountain and then this is probably his most heavily martial arts centric films even though that's not like it's a it's a large part of what's in the movie but it's not what it's about i guess i don't know it's hard to (laughs) we'll cover that i think well, you're right, because that's the thing. Like, I I suggested this because it sounded like it, well, it was under the Kung Fu section or martial arts section on Netflix. Um, but then I was like 30 minutes in, and I'm like, maybe I should message Dave and say we shouldn't do this one because there's no fighting yet. <laughs> um, but it, it, it gets there. The second half. It yeah. does get there. But um, it's his first, I guess, 1930s is technically still a period piece, but his other films are like Three Kingdoms era. They're like much earlier like what we mm-hmm. imagine you know period pieces to be so emperor yeah. and the assassin the promise um sacrifice i believe as well are all i've seen 
Emperor and the Assassin and The Promise. I haven't seen Sacrifice, um, but but the first two, uh, I don't know. I can't say that they're a better film because I mean I really enjoyed I enjoyed this movie. Uh, they're probably easier to watch because they're not convoluted, whereas this one, this one, if you're not paying attention, you're just gonna like. You can just glaze over. This is long. Well, it's like a almost a three hour long movie. Nah, it's only ten hour and fifty three. <laughs> was it? Man, it yeah. felt like it was two and a half hours long. And then it's like five minutes of credits. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, it did feel long. Um, to be honest, we've said this before about other films. It it probably could do with being a, a mini series, like a ten episode or like an eight episode. I would have. I mean, you could maybe do like three. Three episodes, three or four. Oh, yeah, if it was eight, it would be more that they delved into some of these experiences a bit yeah. longer because things happen and the main character gets attached pretty quick mm. to things. Well, it does, but I, of... I think it's because it's story arcs. There's like little self-contained vignettes. They they sort of yeah, tie yeah, together, nice. but they could have just been filmed independently as like yeah, like a, story, a short, story. short story, and it would have been fine. Um, it made the movie harder to parse, I think, and that's what the trouble we were having um, as we watched this and we're kind of <laughs> going, hey, maybe this is not the greatest fit for what we're doing, but um, it ended up being fine. Uh, it's just, I think, in the process of watching it, I was dubious <laughs> for so a few sorry, minutes. So I, had, I had those same thoughts. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but one thing we haven't mentioned, this is actually based on a novel. Yes. Um, and so there's a lot of that. There's a lot more can be said in a novel, and it seems like they've tried to put the novel in without reading it. I haven't read the novel. There's probably even more in the novel. <laughs> um, yeah, and this was um, Xu Haofeng's um, novel, which was, I believe, just titled "A Monk Comes Down the Mountain." So it's pretty much the exact same title. Yeah. Um, and the. Well, the brief summary on IMDb is likening this to um, a like a Greek play, I guess. Was it was saying that Hansia, uh, the, the the main monk, is Virgil, I guess, in a sense. Okay. So, I mean, that that plays a little bit more into the the arcs that happen, I think, in, in the film. It's more like a an opera or something. You know, that has you know, specific yep. arcs that occur that don't fit the format of a film, but fit like a play. Yeah, it, and that makes sense, as you said, the, the, the Greek art stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like it's a story about someone like Hercules or something going and doing yeah. stuff. And it's like they, all these different stories have been compiled to make it the legend of who Hercules is or whatever, or not, any other Greek or Roman um, character. And then it's being all compiled together to kind of make one sort of cohesive story. <laughs> yeah. But really these things happened over a whole life. And in fact, the, there's a narrator to this movie and it's, it's 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 the son or the child of this main character who's retelling the life story of his father. So in mm-hmm. fact, these stories are probably meant to cover a lifespan. Yeah, but it's done within 
appears to be of three days. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's. I don't think I don't even think in the movie that it's actually like three days. It's no, it's not. It's, it, it's, it goes it's on for time. a while. Even just the first like little story um, had to have been like months or something. It's not. It's yeah, not exactly. A, you know, they, they were montaging inside of the montage of the film. <laughs> So it's a fascinating film mm-hmm. in that regard because this, it is. Yeah, so this needs films. like we're not going to be doing the in-depth analysis that I think that would favor a film like this. Like a, I think you could use this in. A, I mean, we're doing it a little bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I think if this would suit a film studies course um, probably pretty well. Oh, for sure. And so I mentioned it. I thought it was more of a, an ancient China period piece. And the opening sequence implies that it is. And the mm-hmm. reveal of the modern, uh, well, modern, you know, 80-year-old city, so modernish city was quite surprising to me. And I thought it was quite fantastic how they did that visually because it seemed like it was supposed to be kept secret the way they revealed it. And I thought that was quite fun. Yeah, and definitely fact, the trailer doesn't like allude to that and the the main character and if, as far as he's concerned he grew he was born and raised in the mountains he has no idea about the modern world like, so i guess in all. some ways <laughs> yeah in some ways it actually suits quite well the way they filmed it to portray the character and to, we are finding out as the character does yeah um, yeah we'll, we'll dig into a little bit there's some really funny little bits um that, that happen as yeah, he discovers things. So I guess let's uh, really look at the cast here. We have we have a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of people. <laughs> and, no, it's fine. Um, so our main character, uh, He Anxia, um, if I didn't butcher that, this is uh, acted by um, Bao Qiang or Bao Qiang Wang, and he started in. Well, he has a. His filmography is more uh, crime dramas, I guess. Crime action, like more modern day contemporary stuff. Uh, but he he was in um, Unbeatable uh, 2013. That is a, it says it's a boxing movie, but when I'm looking at the screenshots, it looks more like maybe kickboxing. Um, and then in 2014, he was in Iceman with um, Donnie Yen. Uh, and that one, that one's, I don't know if you've seen that. That was pretty crazy. That's a, did you ever see Encino Man? <laughs> Which is not a Kung Fu movie. Um, but, but basically it's a, an, a general from like hundreds of years ago was frozen um, in, a, in a big battle. And then he's thawed out in like modern day. Like, you know, they found him in a block of ice. And okay, yep. thought him out, and then he's just doing crazy adventures in like modern Hong Kong. But you know, he he has the um, qigong, so he's like jumping around and flying across rooftops. But nobody else can do that; it's just him, <laughs> like supermaning around the city. And then I think there's a, a you know, of course, his enemy was also frozen, you know, during their big battle. So he thaws out and they're just fighting around the city crazy wire kung fu powers but um he uh the the actor um plays again uh opposite donnie yen in kung fu killer which is uh, aka kung fu jungle um it's a 2014 
uh, again, contemporary kung fu movie. That one maybe we'll take a look at it. It's it's a lot of fun, yeah, and it's it's the first movie where um, about Chiang. It's like he does good. It's like some pretty crazy uh, martial arts action in that one. Oh, good. And um, then next year, it's, I guess it's in post production, but uh, Iceman Two um, comes out. There you go. We can do a sequel, Iceman 1 and Iceman 2. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the, the Iceman wasn't that great, so I wasn't specifically recommending that, uh, even though I do like Donnie Yen. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It was a little bit more silly than I wanted it to be. Ah, uh, okay. Well, this 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 actor, he is, this character is very silly. He's like, oh, yeah. He's the, he's the clown of the... Which the clowns are usually the, the sidekicks in these um, Chinese films. Or psychic. Oh, I guess he's kind of like the Jackie Chan character in some ways. Slightly simple. Yeah. Um, some of Jackie Chan's earlier films, he was the kind of the simpleton, but very talented martial art wise. It's that same kind of character. Yeah. Well, his arc in this is really weird. Um, the the skills that he shows in like the beginning of the movie, like they go away. Like it doesn't really manifest again and then I, there's a little bit at the end i guess didn't seem to match up it's like he lost his way when he um you know became not a monk but yeah i will we'll, we'll look at that a little bit um so our mm. next cast member is uh way fun so he plays i always don't to say um kui daunung I'm butchering that. I know. I don't, I don't know how to say that last name. I really wish there was a better way than the pinion to like pronounce these. Um, so this is the sort of tubby uh, um, surgeon, uh, the brother that he's getting like aphrodisiac um, pills from his younger brother in the movie. Is that what that was? I couldn't mm-hmm. work out what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the subtitles. Uh, anyway, yeah, I might have missed that line because <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, we'll get into the brother. He's mm-hmm. it's all weird. Um, he has no film. I mean, he has a good filmography, but like nothing. This is his only sort of martial arts film, and he's I liked him. Yeah, he's he was good. He was uh, interesting, and it's um, I don't know. Uh, I didn't care for the the way the arc went, but you could like see that it was gonna turn out that way. Yeah. Well, as as we mentioned, it's it's all about the human condition. Yeah. About, for about sure. What la- what love and lust and can do to people. And yeah. So he's just, I guess he's the by he's the the victim of the situation. Yeah. And um, on the other um, side of that coin is Vannes Vannes Wu. Um, portrays his brother. Um, we're just gonna go with the first name. Um, so Darong, <laughs> uh, and this is the guy with the the sweet hair. <laughs> it's like a big rooster cock comb kind of thing going on. Yeah, actually, a lot of people. No one had like normal looking hair in this movie. <laughs> Everyone had like outlandish uh, outfits and hair. Um, more than I was expecting um 
he has a pretty solid filmography. His first, I think his first major role, um, Kung Fu Fighter in 2007. I think I've seen that, but that just falls into like a, the year of like 20 other movies. So they just kind of get drowned together. <laughs> um, then he's in Three Kingdoms, Resurrection of the Dragon in 2008. Um, a apparently ill-received film, Kung Fu Chefs in 2009. Uh, Dragon Blade 2015 with Jackie Chan. Um, I, I didn't watch that. I don't know why. It has... Um, I haven't even what? heard of that one. Uh, it's, it's a, it has like John Cusack and um, Adrian Brody are in it, as far as I know. It's like a weird um, uh, American Hong Kong co-production. Uh, okay, yep. yep. I, I have, as usual, I've got the movie playing while we're talking in silent. And it's just the scene where he sho- he shoves like pork buns into his mouth. <laughs> he's like, yeah, how many can you eat? And he's like, <laughs> like what? just jams buns in his mouth. Um, yeah, that's like, there, there's no context for that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> just... No, there isn't. That's why it's perfect. I just brought it up. Um, <laughs> Birth of the Dragon, 2016. So he is in the Bruce Lee biopic that came out um, last year. Um, oh, yeah, I've been kind of keen to watch that. I think it's on Netflix or Amazon or something. Because that's, that's a movie one, isn't it? It's the movie, not the TV series. Because there is a TV series as well. There is, it? and it's really good, but it's like 50 episodes that are 45 really? minutes a piece. So I tried Ooh. to start watching it, and I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time for this. <laughs> I liked it, but... It, it's, you know, 20 hours of Bruce Lee. Yeah, movie's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's in a TV series, um, Princess Wei Young, uh, which I think is a uh, period piece, but okay. with kung fu action. Um, our next cast member is Chiling Lin. So she portrays Yu Zen. Uh, who is the the love interest between the two um, uh, Kui brothers? Um, she was in Redcliffe one and Redcliffe two. Uh, well, I guess part two since it's really one movie. Um, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and then everything else she's done has been comedies or dramas. Okay. And she's probably also like a, a model or a, a model. singer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they all are, aren't they? Fair, yeah, fairly attractive, and that's probably why she had the role. Um, um and then we have um, Danny Chan, Danny Chan, um, or Kok Kwan Chan. He is. We've watched him just recently. He was in Eat Man 3, and he was Bruce Lee in um, the Eat Man films, or at least the adult Bruce Lee. So technically we have uh, covered yes. his yep. filmography from uh, Shaolin Soccer through Vampire Hunters, Kung Fu Hustle, which we do need to watch, and then he was the oh, younger yeah. Bruce Lee in Legend of Bruce Lee in 2008. And Badges of Fury uh, alongside Jet Li uh, in 2013. So in this movie, he's um, Zhao Jin Jin Kun, 
Um, that was the I did I did like figure out who this was. So he is the guy that shows up um, to get the medicine for his master because he's gonna have a duel with them, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna beat him up, so I'm gonna need to give him medicine afterwards." Yes. I didn't recognize like I didn't recognize half the cast. I felt really bad. I was watching them, and I'm like, "These guys look familiar," but everyone had like makeup and weird hair, so which is hard yeah, to right, remember that, who people were. You know, you mentioned yeah, every character kind of has here, like to the extreme of a stereotype. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> like the the doctor brother, the nice one. He's got like the funny uh bald head and then yeah, like, puffy it's, outside it's like crusty the clown crusty the clown and homer simpson combined yeah yeah <laughs> he had, like the three strands of hair and then just poofed out <laughs> on the sides so, yeah um actually homer did that hairdo when he was crusty the clown so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they all have a very specific hairstyle yeah Except the main guy, he's just got long hair. It's like no, he does a couple of weird things. Remember, he like has it slicked back sometimes. Yeah, uh, wow. that's true. Anyway, um, then we have Shi Chi Wang uh, portrays Ru Song. So this is the abbot, the bald abbot that is giving out like sage advice at key points in the film to help. Um, people hey, out. Buddhist monk. Yeah. The Buddhist monk, yes. Um, he uh, was in Warriors of Heaven and Earth um, 2003 and Bodyguards and Assassins. Um, I want to say Donnie ends in that one. Uh, 2009. Then there's a TV series, My Own Swordsman. I think that's actually on Netflix. I think it's called My Own Swordsman. Um in 2010, and then Reign of Assassins in also in 2010. Um, Michelle Yeoh, I think, is in that one. And then, uh, while well, he's uh, in Sacrifice, so worked together with um, the director uh, previously. Okay. Um, oh, and then we have Aaron Kwok, who was, I think, the one person I, well, I think maybe two, so out of the actors, I knew him immediately. He has a very, very distinctive, um, handsome face, I guess. Uh, so he played Zhao Xiu. Then this was the uh, the kung fu master that like was sweeping the leaves. Oh yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Oh, he's a handsome boy. He looked. He is a handsome boy, and he's like forty-five <laughs> or something. And like, and he looks nothing really like well. that in the movie. Mm, no, well, he does when he does like the flashbacks, and you can like immediately tell who he is. But he has crazy disheveled hair and a little mustache. Um, oh man, it was cool. I like the style. He looked cool. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I want to look like. That's why I grew my hair. I want to look like a sweet warrior like him. So, <laughs> I just look like a dork. <laughs> uh, he's like a singer, Vegeta. Yeah, he's, um, I guess he's apparently known sort of as the Cantonese Michael Jackson. Oh. 
Fancy guy. Like, that's the level of his, uh, I guess, stage um, presence for dancing and everything. And uh, he's a good-looking guy, so that's probably not hurting anything. Um, nope. And he's uh, he's been an actor for a long time, so he's, at least kung fu-wise, um, he was in The Barefooted Kid in 1993, um, Legend of the Liquid Sword, also in 93, I think I've seen that one. Um, the Storm Riders, uh, I think Ekin Chang's in that one too, so that's 1998. Um, I've heard the China Strike Force in 2000, um, that was another, I think, a co-production. Um, Throwdown, which I have mentioned before because that's a great <laughs> movie, um, 2004, uh, lovely, um, judo film, um, Storm Warriors, which is probably a, if not a sequel, it's it's related to the Storm Riders. They're just the same um, characters. Uh, Two thousand nine, and then his his recent magnum opus. Um, he's in The Monkey King, um, twenty fourteen, where where he played the uh, um, the ox demon, and then The Monkey King two, where I think he actually switched and he plays. Um, that's bad. What's his name? Um, Son Goku. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot it. Um, then he's in the Monkey King Legend Begins, which is a prologue, but I think he plays the Demon King again. And then okay. the Monkey King 3, uh, Kingdom of Women, and I think he's back to being Son Goku for that one. So how does he, how does he switch between characters between sequels? Um, because someone else was playing Son Goku when he wasn't. That's confusing. And I don't know if they're... Um, direct sequels? Uh, yeah, direct sequels. I'm pretty sure they well, are. Well, the Monkey King 2 and 3 have to be related. Yeah. <laughs> you'd hope. You'd hope. Um, but then there's one in between. Is yeah, the legend begins, I don't know. Um, that's supposed to be a prologue, but I don't know if it's the same... Um, continuity. I'd, I'd have to like look at the the filmography and the the cast list and see if it's the same actors. Well, I'm well, a anyway. huge fan of those that story and the characters because I like all that stuff as we talked about. So we need to cover some of those. Yeah, yeah, we will. I've seen a few of them, so they're they're worth watching. Um, I guess on a that tangential note, I just started watching. Um, the original, the OG uh, Dragon Ball, uh, oh, the nice. other day. I'm like five episodes in, and I was <laughs> I was watching it and going like, I've I've seen this before, but it had to have been like heavily edited because wow, it just does a lot of sort of like pervy kind of thing. Like the humor oh, is definitely like to- toilet humor, <laughs> and I was like just not <laughs> expecting it. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I don't know. I uh, I was my man. I. Yeah, they no, had to yeah, have edited this for TV, like, like, or just cut out so many episodes. I actually haven't seen really any Dragon Ball, because I never really came to New Zealand. We got with Dragon Ball Z is when I came across it, mm. and that was, like, there was no um, fist connecting, so everything was cut when it was first on TV. So oh, yeah, yeah. Swing, and it was so, I can imagine that it would be, back then it would definitely was very heavily cut. And it did things, because it was dubbed as well, it did things like when um, Vegeta and Nappa turn up, mm-hmm. um, like, Vegeta just, like, blasts 
like some jet pilots, like some fighter pilots in a plane, and like it cuts and it, like to the good guys, and it's like, oh, good thing they parachuted out. It's like there's no way that was in the original <laughs> translation. <laughs> they yeah, there, there, there was a lot of weird. There was like, was it um, like, well, we can't say hell, so yeah. they've gone to the home for infinite losers in the, the next dimension. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and that's why Mister Satan is translated to um, Hercule instead yeah. of Mister Satan. <laughs> so yes, lost in translation for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the original Dragon Ball, it's um, it's good. I mean, and it's like five or six seasons. It's really long. Um, yeah. But that that, gonna... that is more of the original. St- like Dragon Ball Z and everything else is like nothing to do with. No, um, it's just the characters. The legend. This, the this has a little bit more to do with it, I guess. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's that's still at least related to our our uh, coverage. <laughs> we can just cover Dragon Ball for like next season or something. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I like Dragon. I like Dragon Ball. We'll pull some <laughs> guests on because I know there's other people that do too as well. Yeah, it's we'll see good. how it goes. Uh, I've been ironing up because I I've loved Dragon Ball and I've got a bunch of pop finals. Dragon Ball Z mostly is where I'm been my big uh, fan of. Like, but I I need to get a really good Goku statue. <laughs> like, I'm, it's missing from my room. So I've been I've been eyeing a few up, but they, none of them most of them don't cut it for me. It needs to be just right. No, you need to get like a Figma or something. You know, toss toss down a little bit of change and get like a really good or like a bust. There's some pretty cool busts. Yeah. Some of them are like too detailed, and I kind of mm. want it to look more like it does in an email. Like when they're too gritty, like some of the the, the statues, they get too good. And it, yeah, I kind of want it to look like the anime. There was a real nice one I saw while I was in Japan last year, and it was like a special promotion of doing it, like a Namco arcade, but it was like ended, so you couldn't, it only had the display ones left. Mm. And I tried, I, I, I don't know, speak enough Japanese. I tried convincing my brother to go ask him. He's like, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'll have a look online, see if I can find you one. And he never did. Um, I wish I went and asked and see if I could get the display model. Just be the crazy guy just asking for stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah. But I've now I've now since found it, but I think it's like rip-off versions of them. So oh, they're not, I don't, I don't, they don't look as good as I remember them. <laughs> yeah. But it's maybe my memory playing tricks. Anyway, back could to be. Kung Fu. <laughs> Uh, um, where are we at? Oh, um, Wai Yun. So, this guy, he his filmography was huge. So, I just grabbed, like, a select few um, that I thought were He's important. the main bad guy, is he? He's the main bad guy. So, bad guy? <laughs> Peng, <laughs> Peng Chan-woo. Um, he is the, the villain of the, of the film, sort of. Um, he looks like a classic kung fu villain. Yeah, he's a classic kung fu guy. So he started in 1972, roughly, with um, the Chinese Connection. He's also in Enter the Dragon in 73. And then a notable, um, The Death Duel was a notable film in 1977. And then in 1985, so there's like 20 films in between all these. I just just grabbed some. Um, He's in Mr. Vampire, which is a, a... personal favorite of mine um and then oh look my lucky stars uh Jackie Chan, 1985 uh, also dragons forever in 88 super cop oh, yep. in 92 and then there's like there's all 
it's not like a hiatus, but there wasn't like any super big profile ones in the rest of the nineties. Um, wasn't really a retirement, but he was, I think, doing dramas or comedies or something for a while. But yeah, he comes back um, with in, in true form with uh, Kung Fu Hustle in two thousand four. Um, and then he's in Kung Fu Mahjong in 2005 and probably 2006, uh, I want to say Kung Fu Mahjong 2. I just didn't write that down. Um, Hold on. Kung Fu Mahjong. Yes. Are doing Kung Fu while playing Mahjong? Yes. It's great. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I've seen the first one. <laughs> That's hilarious. They're like, pon, ron, and like the um, tiles will fly up and they can do Kung Fu moves. Like, they're not fighting each other, but they're playing Mahjong with Kung Fu. <laughs> Hold on, so it's Kung Fu Yu-Gi-Oh with Mahjong? Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Holy crap, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you have to strike it down. Um, then he's in uh, Dragon Tiger Gate in 2006 um, with Donnie Yen. And Twins Mission, which is um, the Vampire Effect, uh, in 2007 with a cameo by um, Jackie Chan. And it was a good movie, regardless. Um, that was his select filmography. There's like 70 films I probably omitted. Yeah. That. Too many to list. He's a, he's a prolific actor. Um, and then, I guess, <laughs> uh, not far off our usual mark, uh, we have J.C. Chan, uh, son of Jackie Chan. He plays Peng... Oh, I don't know uh, that. Cheesy. Cheesy? Cheesy. Cheesy. I don't know. Um, he is the son of the villain. And oh. he got his Actually, start... Yeah, go ahead. While watching this film, I, I thought, he looks like Jackie Chan. <laughs> because it's his son. <laughs> That's funny. I actually thought that. <laughs> funny. I'm yeah, sorry, but... his filmography is pretty slim. He hasn't done too many roles. Um... Blade of Kings, uh, 2004 was his start, at least kung fu movie-wise. Then he's in Invisible Target, which I do want to watch um, for, for the show. That's has Wu Jing, who's awesome as the villain, in uh, 2007. And then, oh, look, Railroad Tigers, uh, 2017. Also, Jackie Chan. Yeah, we need to see that. What do that one, don't we? Yeah, we do. That was That was good. And then we have, um, there's, there's like probably four or five other, um, big name actors, but they either died really quick or just had a cameo appearance. Uh, so our, our, our last, um, major character is Boss Jia, who is played by Chen Chang, and he was the, um, is this an opera? The opera master that studied the sun style of the ape fist. Um, also, a pretty good looking dude. So, <laughs> they, they picked their parts wisely, I guess. Um, oh, look. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon uh, was his one of his first I films. I know nothing about that movie. 2000, yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, and then he's in Red Cliff, uh, 1 and 2. And he's in the Grandmaster, which we probably also need to watch um, from 2013, and the Assassin in 2015, and Brotherhood of Blades 2017. Um, Donnie Yen, I'll get I think there. 
Cool. Yeah, he was kind of a surprise at the end. Yeah, he just like near the end shows up and does cool stuff. Um, yeah, so let's. Well, you know, we're gonna be remiss. Um, our reviews. <laughs> you gotta give oh, an yeah. order about these things. Yep, into reviews. Um, that was a fun list of uh, cast, though. That's nice yeah, it's a, it's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, heck yeah, and that's just some of them. There's probably more we could have talked about. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out who they were, so I grabbed the ones that I remembered from the film. <laughs> you did You did well. Those are definitely the key the key um, movers and shakers, though. Um, do you want the good or the bad review? Uh, do the good. I think we did bad, like, the last two times I don't remember I okay uh, this review is titled Imagination and this is 10 out of 10 uh, the author is Iron Trees I have no idea it's I the word I is your eyeball in trees Iron Trees the one word from Australia Starting review now. Heck, I read all the reviews and thought I really needed to see this one. Everyone waiting for a typical kung fu movie isn't going to get one. If that's what you want, go home. <laughs> however, <laughs> all right. However, if you think kung fu plus fairy tale plus Matrix sounds good, this one is is for you. In almost each review, all I read was whiny, whingy, unimaginative dross. Lighten up, folks. Indulge in that wonderful whimsy called imagination, and you might come to truly love and appreciate uh, superlative brilliance for a change instead of the usual crap that comes from movie theaters. One thing that even the unimaginative will enjoy is the incredible beauty and stunning cinematography. I agree definitely. Totally captivating. Even Ape Strike, which I think I actually understood. <laughs> Funny. Um, yeah, all in all, I agree with that. Why the uh, Matrix? I think, uh, I think just the wire work, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, except for The Matrix. This has nothing yeah, to do I, with I The agree. Matrix. Um, now, I, that reminded me, while I was in, in Australia, I actually went to, like, a film and movie museum, like a visual museum. Mm-hmm. And they had a booth where you could take a picture, like a 3D, the 3D still picture they used for The Matrix to catch those panning yeah. camera things. Um, and I did one, I managed to time it, so I jumped, and I... I've got that you could email the video to yourself or the clip and I've been meaning to it's on my wife's email so I have to try and remember and post that me doing a matrix jump jump it's pretty sweet <laughs> uh, <laughs> post it we'll put it in the show notes yeah <laughs> um, this is the matrix but, Mr. Iron <laughs> Trees or uh, Miss but, Miss yeah I don't know um, in general I agree with this review though as we've been talking, as I mentioned, I've got the movie playing. There's the scene where um, the the surgeon's brother and wife are together, and it's it seems very fairy tale whimsical. 
like it's almost like it's in the, they haven't just gone down to the local lake in the city it, they've actually left the gritty human world and gone to like another plane because it was so whimsical and magical how it was filmed mm-hmm. and even under the water how when they drown I'm talking about this so nicely, and it's really morbid, actually. Uh, <laughs> You're so whimsical when they drown, guys. When they get to get murdered. Um, but, like, there's giant, like, statues. Yeah, that um, part was really cool. I was thinking about that. I think when it was... I was like, man, I would like to put this in a game or something. It was almost like something from Uncharted. We've talked about yeah. it recently. It was like... Um, it was like the the statues you see in Buddhist temples, or like the guardians guarding the temples. That's what it looked like. Um, but it's just quite interesting how, and that so him describing as a fairy tale does actually fit because there's this real gritty realism to this film at times, but other times it's so uh, fanciful and out of this world. It's and it's portrayed quite well um, with the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is like it's a legend being told. I'm trying to see the image of this underwater, these statues. Yeah, that's definitely one of the guardians that you see at the entrances of, of like the Buddhist temples. Um, that I saw, yeah. That's what it, yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Um, have you been to a big temple, like one of the Buddhist ones? Uh, unfortunately not, but although I, I do know what they look like. Oh, you don't know what I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I went to Nara last year in Japan, and it's got, like, the largest Buddha. I don't know if it's in the world, or uh, it's very big. The Buddha statue is very, very big. It's, like, three or four stories tall, uh, big. <laughs> and, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and the guardians guarding the gates, the entrance gates. Um, very impressive how well they're carved for so long ago. Anyway, off topic. Um, yeah, should we go on to the bad review? Yeah, I'm like reading it and <laughs> yeah, re- reading re- read it out in my head. Sorry, I spoiled yeah, you're it. You're cheating, you're cheating. I, I just cheated I love- a little bit. This ti- the title of this review is my favorite. A Daioshi apprentice goes to the city and begins a very dramatic life with several masters. Hey, that's a plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we, we did go. like i think we were saying buddhist so there's buddhist monks but then yes. our main monk is not buddhist he's taoist just to clear that up i guess so we don't get any um, emails well yeah i was going to bring that up earlier and it's um yeah because he's from one faith system and yeah. then i mean they're not they're not mutually both. exclusive you can be both no. but um and, but they are different solace. Yeah, he, the character finds solace with the Buddhist. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, it made me remind, remind me of my experience with the Japanese culture, which I'm more familiar with. Um, and like, I think my brother said, because he was living there, and he said, yeah, like, the born Shinto die Buddhist Japanese mm-hmm. people. <laughs> um, and it felt similar to that. Like, they've got their ancient, their more their spiritual belief, and then there's the Buddhist, which is you know, more about life after death and moving forward. Um, yeah, anyway, I just like that title because it's a very long title to a review <laughs> and it gives the plot. Uh, and this is a one star review, and this is from King Dracula from China. 
The only thing that deserves a bit of praise are some of the effects and kung fu scenes, but even those are a stretch to say the least. This movie is absolutely awful, and its awfulness increases as the so-called plot progresses. Just kidding. You gotta scream <laughs> there is that no plot. Part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is no there is no plot. Even a child can write such a horrendous story. The relations between characters are almost non-existent. The movie does not follow the audience's pace at all. For sometimes the pace is so off that you feel completely cheated to even pay for this movie. Although ever, although advertised as a comedy, the only funny thing was how bad the movie is. Although I cannot give examples, imagine a lower school level story storyline with a sci-fi effects made by Michael Bay. Add in some really weird elements of homosexuality, adultery, and kung fu, and ta-da. Do not watch, as the saying goes, if people tell you something looks and smells like poop so many times, you seriously don't need to eat it. (laughs) So don't, do not watch. All in capitals. Ah, hilarious. Uh... As regularly we've come across, our bad reviews sum up the movie quite well, <laughs> but I disagree with how negative they are towards it. Yeah, I don't it, agree it, with this review at all. I understand what they're saying and kind of where they're coming from, but uh, I don't know. The movie was pretty effective in, in doing what it did. Um, if you're coming at this from a solely, like, I want to watch a kung fu movie, uh, you're not going to get that. But it's no. still there for those that are looking for it, I guess. Like, they yep. didn't shirk on it. It has some really cool scenes. But you gotta, like, pay the entry fee <laughs> and then watch the rest of the movie. But if you're wanting to watch a good movie that, like, gives, uh, you know, a a good morality, like a morality play or a good lesson, um, then that's there, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I disagree with the character, the character relationships. No, I thought they were really good. I thought like, it was, they were interesting. Yeah. And it did play on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the homosexuality thing. I never picked up on any of that. Uh, it's That's with the two, um, the, the two masters of the ape strike fist school. I think uh, it was subtext. I guess that could be implied. Yeah, that's all it was, was just implied. And I guess maybe the younger brother, like, seemed effeminate, but uh, he was after the dude, his brother's wife. He so. was way into ladies. <laughs> he was. Like, oh. I mean, he acted effeminate, but that wasn't his, like, pure character. I don't know. Um, I, I can see maybe where they were getting that vibe, but that's not, like, part and parcel of the story. Uh, and, and even and, if it was, it wouldn't have made a difference. I don't think. No, exactly. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I enjoyed. I, it was strange at times, like how quickly they threw I threw things in. Like we've talked about, it's a whole bunch of um, like short stories pulled in together, yeah. um, and that's why it seems like it could be done in a in a miniseries um, because 
like one of the what for an example this i guess the bit that they're talking about is um that the ma two the masters of the eight fist which is doesn't cut he they don't he doesn't come into like the second half of the film and that when our main character loses his his current master and is distraught and doesn't know what to do and he finds solace following someone who he sees as a talented uh, martial artist and then he yeah and then we learn about his history and how he learned eight first and they ran away from world war one I, I believe it would have been uh, it was let me see so this is 1930 yeah world war one and 20 years ago. It doesn't say how old he is, but it could have been like... He was supposed to be... Yeah. War of, well, you know, it probably was like the War of 1911. So yep. it's not specifically World War One. It's um, the, the Japanese uh, occupation or first, yeah, one of the first occupations of, of China at the time. Yeah. Um, and they... They, yeah, they together they were they were attacked. Their whole army or platoon got seemed to get wiped out, and they fled. Um, and they bonded in their fear of dying, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that whole scene was really well filmed. Like the the the, the pyrotechnics were really good. Um, there's a set and the the whole all the the military soldiers all looked like military soldiers. Like yeah, was there was really there was a surprising well amount of if it that like set dressing and budget like, had gone to that part uh, yeah i was, was pretty like, surprised a few times because otherwise it seems it was... like little set pieces and then all of a sudden you're like actually no we're gonna do this giant war scene with like actual there's no cg or you know if it is it's it's very minimal it's minimal yeah. and and it was it was um really only for to portray how they bonded yeah um, and that's, and I thought that was cool. They even took the time to show that because often movies would just be like, Oh, we met in the war. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it kind of actually took the time to show mm. it. So I well, enjoyed it was a, that. It was a significant, you know, moment. Yeah. Um, and basically it was just their, their fear of dying and they were terrified. Um, and yeah, they were willing to, but they're willing to protect each other kind of thing. And they they hug, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There was again. I, we, we know we've talked about it even just just a moment ago that th- these none of the characters are like flat. They have their own like story arc, and they have a past. And unfortunately, most of them don't have a future. But they have you know they're they're fully rounded characters, and we because they took the time to do the little flashbacks and some of the dialogue, you know, you get what their motivations and why they're doing what they're doing. Like, I guess an example is the, um, the younger of the two. So the one that becomes the sun, ape fist master, I don't know what they called it in the movie. Um, but you know, he he originally had worked at the opera and then was kicked out because he you know had developed an opium addiction, which is why he went into the war um, to kind of run away from that. But you know, he's trying to do this the, the war, and he's um, like suffering withdrawal from the opium uh, as yeah. well. So I mean, that's they're, they're not just one dimensional characters. There's a lot going on and. Um, 
that's to the benefit of the movie for sure. Yeah, I agree. And then we've got the the his fellow Apefus uh, master. What's his name again? Which one? Um, um, well, that was Aaron and Quark, so it is Joe you Whereas he was, um, he he's only reason he's in the army is because the villain of the movie was jealous because he was named successor to the Kung Fu school that he's from. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was going to be pretty much, he was trying to murder him, the villain. And so he fled because he didn't want to kill someone he's trained with and knew. He didn't want to fight back and have to kill him. And so he fled and left him the school to him anyway. And so he went into hiding and has been in hiding ever since. And it's the only reason he was in the military. And so there's so much, as you say, so much to these characters and why they are the, where they are there. They don't want to be there. They're forced to be there because of circumstances. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and how, yeah, it's kind of a weak how it all comes together in some ways. So. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're going on this like sort of a carnival ride feeling um, with, you know, our, our main uh, character as the, He's not even the you know because his 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 son is the narrator who isn't present in the movie. We don't see him. We don't get anything other than his voice. Um, well, and and we see his, his time of conception. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's a oh, that's you know weird. as we I guess as we mentioned, um, he's sort of a buffoon, but that's. It's just part of how he's, you know, raised in a, you know, a monastery. He's not in society. Um, he does have a natural talent for martial arts, um, but that's like the extent of who he is, at least in the beginning of the film. And then, you know, as, as it goes along, we're we're following him through his life as he becomes like. I guess arguably like a better person and he, he makes mistakes. He does horrible things. And then he, you know, does his best to like redeem himself or at least in, in his own eyes, um, the things he needs to do to, uh, ensure that he's less, um, going to be stuck in the cycle of, you know, reincarnation. Yep. Yeah, he fears death and what's next. Yeah, because of his choices, um, and in some ways, his character is portrayed very childlike. And so, I think the whole the whole story seems to be an analogy for life and death, birth, life, and death. Yeah, because there is a he comes down the mountain, he's born, and he's very childlike and simple. But as he goes on, he gets um, he does get more wise and more calm and is not showing off the same way he was with his skills in some ways he's a very monkey character from journey to the west yeah at at the start um showing off and showing how clever and powerful and tough he is but um yeah it's actually it makes me also think of story and movies like western movies like the that um big fish Oh, okay, um, yeah, the that Cohen brothers, yeah, and like other movies like um, even Slumdog Millionaire, how it's uh, scenarios 
happened and certain like, things happened to this person to make him be able to answer the questions. It's kind of like that in some ways, like so many amazing things happened to him and it's, it's just a bit, and it's all kind of summarized very quickly. Yeah. Um, or even um, that Benjamin Button. What's that? No, what's the, the Brad Pitt movie? Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, that's the one. Almost like that as well, in some ways. Yeah. Those are my analogies. To yeah, because like, it is like that. It's a, it's, a, it's a coming of age tale, I guess. But yeah. to the extreme, I guess the, the, the events that he gets caught up in are like outlandish. Like they're to the farthest end of something good or bad that could happen. Yeah. No. Well, I think that's the whole point of the novel. I'd be curious to find out when the novel uh, the novel must have been written. I believe it's pretty recently that yeah. um, the, the author of that does a lot. He does screenplays for like a lot of other big Hong Kong movies. Oh, interesting. Or I say Hong um, Kong, but it could be just mainland China too. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a metaphor-styled story. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually feels like it could be more of an ancient story that's just been converted to be more modern. Uh, has that feel to it, the fable type feel to it. Um, but yeah, do we? I guess because it's a kung fu podcast, we're supposed to be talking about kung fu. The opening kung fu site, uh, opening scene is straight martial arts with a little bit of wire action. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and it's quite funny because he's he he's his monastery or his where his his trains uh it's been raised there and he gets told that they can't afford to feed all the mouse so someone has to leave and so he thinks he's got to do his best to prove that he's the best fighter to stay <laughs> and so he wins he's like i win <laughs> in his, his naive state and his master's like well that proves that you can handle the real world off you go <laughs> and i thought that was really funny um well it's even yeah, funnier yeah. that everyone else kind of knew that that's what was at stake. Yeah, you're right. They didn't, they didn't play that. <laughs> <laughs> so they all stopped and laughed at him because he's laughing and then they're just like, haha, you actually get kicked out. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's been interesting to delve into stuff more, but I don't know if it's really worth it in some ways. Um, I'm sad there was no real training montage except for him sweeping Blossom yeah, the uh, two-second two second training. Um, well, we can do at least a little of the arcs, because otherwise we're confusing anyone that's yeah, <laughs> probably not going to watch the movie anyway. Um, they should. It's yeah, they it. should. It was good. It was a good movie. Uh, so our first arc is he comes down the mountain and um, runs into... Uh, what was his first name? Um, too many characters. Um, Daoneng. So Daoneng is a he runs an apothecary, but he's also sort of a surgeon. He performs. Um, I think he was performing like a circumcision. Um, yeah, what was that? I think it's some kid comes up screaming and had like no pants on. It was weird. Yeah. Um, and then he does like some beauty like. Cosmic surgery. Super Cosmic surgery. early, like, plastic surgery. Um, but that's how he makes his, his living. His, his, uh, yeah. But he was a former monk as well. And it turned out that um, he had fallen in love with the woman that came to um, pray at the temple. And 
he decided to leave um, his quest for um, immortality, basically, you know, trying to break out of the cycle of reincarnation and follow worldly desires instead. He's like, I'm all about sex. <laughs> I don't, I don't really care about you know any self improvement or anything. You know, I just like to be, I like to enjoy the pleasures of life. Um, you know, when, when I can get them. And so he, he eats a lot, you know, he's kind of a, a tubby dude. Um, and so it turns out that he has a younger brother who is, doesn't say he's a gambler, but he's basically bet his shop that, um, to, I don't, I don't remember what he was trying to sell. I thought he sold it for, his, sold it for something. A ring, a stupid, like a... Yeah, it was a, it was a, oh, it's the, this is the ring from the, the queen or something i don't remember some weird um, yeah it's some fake <laughs> some fake ring that looked all blinged out um so he, he's living right? even further just for pleasure and you know the, the now um so the younger brother is actually in love with the older brother's wife and it's mutual i guess so the older brother has had, I guess, not I guess, but he's had problems with uh, performance in bed. And his younger brother sells uh, aphrodisiacs, like these little pills. Um, or I think they called them like plasters, so they must have been sort of a patch. Um, well, yeah, but he had a bad back as well. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff got... going on. No, it was. It, it was his brother's shops seem to be more um, like traditional remedies that's what it seemed to be rather than like western medicine which he practiced his brother seemed to have a traditional medicine yeah. shop that's what i thought it was no it was at least in the subtitles specifically it was saying aphrodisiac hmm. um, anyway what do you um, yeah well so he the older brother was buying them from his younger brother not really because he needed them as much but because it was the only way he could um, give money to keep his, his help his brother's business out because it wasn't doing well. So he's basically sort of, you know, giving charity to his brother, but um, in return for goods. So it helps his brother save face, so he doesn't look so bad or feel bad that he's taking money from his older brother. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's like a big love triangle, and it's just sort of, I guess, that idea of um. These you know these sins they're committing, so everything they're doing is like wrong. <laughs> it's it's all just for the pleasure and for like the flesh, and you know um, nothing to do with self improvement. So that it all falls apart. The younger brother ends up poisoning his older brother because um, that he frees up um, uh, it frees up the wife, and he gets all of the property. Because he had sold his own shop. Um, but then our main character, he he continues operating the shop. So does he actually get this property? Oh wait, that's the next story. I uh, he well, he would have, but that's our right. main dude kills him. He murders the uh, the wife and the um, younger brother. They they go on a like a lakeside or not lakeside lake lake top whatever you call it on the lake they're on a little boat on the lake <laughs> having a you know a tryst a little picnic um and she, 
here's the funny thing. She clearly still cares about the main guy. Well, she didn't mean to murder person. him. Um, yeah. The but she younger also, she brother poisoned the aphrodisiac pills. Yeah. She she just... She just wanted both... Th- you know, that was yeah. her thing, was she was willing to play both sides to get everything. Yeah. You know? She was being selfish in her own way, but she wasn't intending to, to kill her husband. Yes. So she's guilty about that. Yeah. Um, and a main character puts a hole in the boat and locks them in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the main character had seen what was going on and he confronted the wife and tells her she shouldn't, you know, she, she loves her husband. She should just stay with him. And so he, the main character decides to basically met out vengeance, like in, you know, in, in honor of the, um, the dead husband. He's like, you guys did something evil, so I'm just gonna kill you <laughs> because that's just what he thinks is what you're supposed to do. You know, you're you're. Well, he thought he was doing like a service or a good thing in ridding the world of these two people that that wouldn't atone um, for the bad things they did or have regret or remorse or whatever. Uh, so yeah, he kills them <laughs> and then finds out, um, or you know, he goes to uh, pray for like repentance. Um, to the Buddha, and in in doing so, I think that's where he first meets um, Rusong, who tells him that he has to, like, just make himself better. He can't, um, he has to accept what he did was wrong, and then, like, learn from his mistakes and basically not, not do that again, but also sort of that idea of pay it forward. He needs to do good things to, like, make up for what he did. Hmm. And that brings us, I think, to the second uh, second story that occurs. Well, yeah, it's just as it's, I've got it playing right now, and watch just that scene, and then it switched over to more of the martial arts side of the film. Yeah, and it, he he's really isn't the main character. He is the character we're following. following. He's the vehicle for everyone else's story, I guess. It's yeah, they're interacting around him, and he's observed, he's almost like the fly on the wall in mm-hmm. some of these. And in and, and this next start, of this next arc, he is exactly the fly on the wall. Um, he just witnesses it. The fly um, on the temple, <laughs> or the rooftop. Rooftop, yeah, it's because he's a, he's approached. He now maintains the medicine shop, and he he's approached asking for medicine because as we mentioned it earlier. We mentioned this one earlier. Um, this is a student of the villain who thinks he's going to inherit, become the next master. And his master's challenged him to prove it so he could prove himself. Um, but in reality, it's the the master just wants to kill him because he wants his, he doesn't want this guy to outdo his own son. Yeah. So it's all just a ploy to get him alone to create this fight. Um, and the, the the student wins, doesn't he? He's actually betters the master, but the master literally backstabs him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and uh, our main character only is there because he knows about the fight, so he follows this guy because he's he likes kung fu. He's trained in kung fu. He hasn't seen much kung fu since he's been in the city, and I think he's just curious, isn't he? Well, he's curious because the so the main dude. This is um, portrayed by Danny Chan, um, Zhao Jin Jinkun. Um, 
he when he shows up to ask for the medicine, uh, he basically like breaks into the store using like oh yeah super powerful chi technique and shatters the lock from outside the door. Like the lock's on the inside, and his his kung fu skill is to like pass energy through barriers and just like destroy whatever's on the other side without harming the barrier. And then he displays it by uh, shattering the ornaments uh, inside a fish tank. Yeah. The tank's fine. But all I thought was like, man, those were nice. I could do with that as a fish tank. Don't waste them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, I was like, can you just break part of it? You destroyed a lock. <laughs> yeah. You just aim at like the middle or something. But you know. Yeah. Um, lucky there's no fish in there. Mm, yeah. and so yeah so our main character is just an observer of this events because he he isn't even i was thinking it would kind of come to the point where he would lead and he would fight the villain by the end of the movie at this point like it's you know that's your classic like all the jackie chan ones have done he's you know he's, the main character loses and then gains strength and then beats the villain no he's just there really <laughs> he, partic- he participates well, he's the sidekick. He's the sidekick yeah, for the movie. Which is interesting. It's, you don't often get that, in, especially in these action movies or kung fu movies. You don't get the main character who isn't doing main character's things. So, well, he's, he's, like he's the main character in his own story. Like, at the yeah. end of the film, he does become, like, the, you know, the hermit, the wise hermit on the mountain. Um, but... What we're finding is these aren't his story. This is just something he's no. bumping into along the way. And I think that's quite fascinating in a, yeah. in a storytelling environment. It's not often when you see this. No, it's it's uh, really unique. I don't. Yeah, I can't think off the top of my head of you know anything that does something similar. Mm. So yeah, this 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 is when we learn about the villain. He bites a student. The student's murdered. Um, and so his son can be successor. Um, and so that what well, that's kind of a standalone mini arc for now, isn't it? Because then it jumps again to. Um, oh, I guess it's still involved because then we meet the actual son of this master. Mm-hmm. And this um, is like the weirdest. Uh, they just get drunk together. They don't even get drunk. I thought they get plastered and do real dumb stuff. Yeah, they don't get plastered. They have they get like drugged. They drug themselves with that weird pork meat. Oh uh, yeah, I know they just get silly and get. Oh yeah, yeah it was like <laughs> bizarre. So okay, um, we'll, I'll set the scene briefly. So when our main character, uh, on yeah, he, he Antia, um. So the little monk, um, when he watches that fight, he sees the, uh, the, the student basically get st- stabbed in the back by, um, it's a uh, Yin. So Peng, Peng, uh, is the, is the villain of the, of the film. Um, he stabs the dude in the back. Um, and at, after that point, um, the uh, his son, uh, Peng Junior. We'll just do that. That's easier. <laughs> so Jackie Chan's son, <laughs> J.C. Chan, um, is running around looking for uh, the murdered student because they're they're both students together under his 
villainous father and um he's looking for him and he he hears that he had gotten medicine for the, the battle um from the monk's uh, apothecary so he shows up there and he's you know he's trying to figure out where the student went and um he decides to like he's like he'll cook this uh chicken or a pig or something he brought meat and um he's like asking to borrow the kitchen to cook it and he makes the meat but then he's trying to like get information out of the out of the monk because he thinks that the monk knows more than he's telling him so he like feeds him the the weird meat and it like it blows up like in his mouth it's so bizarre like basically he has that like black smoke from if you're watching some slapstick comedy and his hair is like blasted out like he stuck his finger in a light socket or a bomb blew up in his face like a cartoon and he, um, yeah and he's, and he's like an allergic reaction to it yeah like, his face like is all hitch. gross puffy yeah like will smith and hitch when he when yeah he, yeah when he has when he drinks the benadryl or whatever it was yeah um, um but yeah so but, but, but he's like he drugged so it makes him all loopy yeah he's starts having hallucinations about the the lady he murdered <laughs> yeah um but even more bizarre like because he's like what did you do my face feels weird or something he's like haha i drugged you with the the meat and then <laughs> the um uh, so peng jr eats the meat too like i didn't understand why he did that so he gets like yes. blown up and they're just both like it's it's kind of gross the way their faces look, but they're just tripping. They're just tripping balls. <laughs> so they run around the city. Where he's like, um, do you know where we can get some money? And he's like, yeah, there's a temple that has a donation box. We'll just go steal from the donation box. And so right. they they go to the... Uh, yeah, they go to a, a temple, and that's where we run into... Um, Joe Shiyu, that's uh, Aaron Clark. And he's the one who we talked about earlier who learnt the Eight Fist, and he was due to be the master of the villain's school, uh, Kung Fu school. Yeah. But he but was jealous in, uh, and in hiding now. And so he went into hiding ever since, and he just spends his time. Man, Siri always thinks I'm talking to it when we do this Kung Fu podcast. <laughs> Uh, uh, i don't know what i said um yeah where where was he at yeah so he spent his time in hiding after later we learn that he's he's trained in is the eighth fist but now he spends his time in hiding and just being a caretaker of different temples i guess yeah he just um keeps them clean and offerings uh available like to people i guess yeah, I like his hair in this in this first scene we meet him. <laughs> yeah, it's like that roguishly disheveled look. Yeah, with the top knot. The top, yeah, mm-hmm. the bun on the top. Not a man bun, a warrior bun. There's a difference. <laughs> um, um, but so the, the, the two drugged out dudes decide to try to rob him anyway because I think it's just a caretaker and not a crazy kung fu master and they just get it handed to them 
because the um, the dude is like super fast. He just sort of this is, I mean he basically teleports around and just manhandles them and it's hilarious. Yep. The cool bit was like when they when I first see him do stuff was he um was it he got hit hit a fly and broke a bit of glass with the fly's body or something? Is that oh, what it was? No, no, yeah, so they're they go in there and they're like, give us the money from the thing or something. Or I think they're just talking to each other and they don't realize he can hear them because they're stoned. And he, I don't think he, he either throws the broom or he just thrusts it between their faces because they're standing by the door. And the force of the straw broom, like it doesn't hit the wall, but it, it's close enough. But the air pressure like cracks the glass and kills the fly i think it kills it yeah yeah it squishes the fly um yeah he's a cool character i really like him um and this this uh master kung fu dude he's really cool and this is when our our, our guess our protagonist he he what he is kind of going back to his roots what he grew up doing is learning kung fu and so he's like i want to train with him so doesn't he ask to be as him to be his master? Yeah, he he's bugs him until he says yes, basically. Yeah, and so it's him, him trying to find a home. He's trying to find a master. He's he's feeling lonely and lost, and so he's trying to find direction. And he sees someone that's good at kung fu must be someone who can give him guidance. Yeah, because he wanted to be the student of the um, the guy with the cool chi powers, but that guy was murdered, so <laughs> he had to. Find a different dude. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and this is how the villain finds out that his nemesis is still alive is because the son goes back to him and tells him about him, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he um, he recognized him, him or picture. recognized the skills he was using and tells his father that, hey, there's a... The guy you were looking for that that was exiled is still alive, and so they have a, like a basically basically they have a giant showdown, and um, that's where we see the full force of the moon style of the ape strike fist. Yeah, and it starts getting into some real crazy full on like nature bending avatar type stuff. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like water bending, uh, earth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there is earth. There is earth. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any fire? I don't know if it's not with fire. not with the moon style. The sun style does though. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, how does it? That and it kind of just builds up to the final. What does it move on from here? I can't even so remember. What, so what happens jumps. is they have this is the, only halfway through. Yeah, so they this have the fight, halfway through. and yeah. um, the monk is going to train under that master, but because uh, he he defeats the the villain, doesn't kill him. He just makes him mostly naked, like <laughs> slashes up his clothes with the broom and humiliates him. Um, so the, the villain goes home and he's just complaining, I think, to his son. And he's like a sore loser 
So he's like, well, if I can't beat him with Kung Fu, I'll just shoot him. So he, he basically gives his son a gun, and the, the son goes and kills um, the master. What was it? Was it, I? Maybe I just missed something, but I thought the son took it into his own hands because he was mad. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was really prompted, but the, the master didn't really care. Like, that just, you know, that was something he didn't have to deal with if his, if his son took care of it. Yeah, um, and this is so. This is when we find out more about our our Ronan, our rogue, our, our master's warrior guy that we've come across. This yeah, we, we get his history guy. here because they didn't really do it before. He was we had no idea who he was. Um, and yeah, we learn it's it's a uh, the memory of the villain is how we learn about mm-hmm. his place um, and he was why disgrace because his own. His father um, was the head of the school and was trying to pass the secrets, the ape strike secrets, um, onto the best student, which was our uh, vagrant master. Um, and not wanting to repeat that, the, the, the villain, um, instead of passing it on to the best student, killed the best student and tried to leave you know, the, the school to his own son. Yeah, he was trying to... History was repeating, and he was trying to take it into his own hands, like he did last time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so unfortunately, he gets killed. But he's my favorite. He's my favorite character in this whole film. Uh, yeah. Which, um. But but in him, in his passing, he uh, learns to let go of grudges and the past, and accepts. Uh, basically that you know that life is suffering and there's not anything you can really do about that and just to kind of move on um and he wants to see uh his his best friend one last time and that's the uh master of the moon style ape ape strike fist (laughs) this is lengthy lengthy names um but he doesn't get to see his friend uh he he tells the the young monk to, I mean, he wants him to bring him to the uh, his friend, but that doesn't work out. And he, um, the Rusong Buddhist monk, ends up sort of giving a small sermon uh, to to the the master and the monk, and gets him to accept death. That basically. yeah, basically accepting death, and you know. He's saying, oh, um, you can't see your friend, like, literally, but, you know, don't you see him in your heart or in your mind's eye? And then, uh, he, you know, he, he, he does peace. that. He finds peace and moves on. Um, but the the monk uh, doesn't. He wants to honor that last wish, so he goes to seek um, Boss Ja. And so we meet our our opera master, with another really cool, uh, like, intro scene. <laughs> well, it was this weird scene. Like, it shows them doing a sweet moves at the opera and, like, stacking tables and doing sweet moves. And then, I can't remember... Then, yeah, the, the um, our main character talks to him and tells him of what's happened. And then he, he's sad, and he's got another show to do. And we hear this weird, it's this dialogue of this, it's the guy who's ahead of the triads. Yeah. But it's like, 
like it's on the download that he's here the triads he's also i think he has a is he like chief of police or something yeah he's like as the well, police or? commissioner but also the boss of the triads <laughs> something yeah. like that and and he's he's supposed to be doing a private show for him and his boys or his his posse. it was for his daughter daughter's no no his uh, young wife's birthday or something oh uh, yeah he's a bit of a dodgy man with a little 18 year old wife yeah anyway and he says i can't i'm sad i need to go do some stuff and then it proceeds to be this like massive fight scene with like like a hundred X-Men, like we see in Ip Man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like if you just did the show, it would have been quicker. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't so, like, in the mood, heck? you know, to do his grand Well, that's show. true. But but you know what I mean. It was quite funny. Yeah. It was a cool scene, like and it was like he ends up fighting all the all the, the triads and out on the street and doing some sweet moves and getting away. Um, it was like a five yeah, minute was, fight scene it was pretty long it was really long <laughs> it was cool, it was really long when, hold on, when does it happen that the our main guy meets the lady uh, after that it, I think I don't after remember that, <laughs> I don't know, it was some weird in between time when he was mini arc hanging out at the uh, monastery I th- yeah, I, th- I think it's in between um, after this fight scene and then like the the final fight scene. Yeah, because the time he's just sweeping um, at at one of the the temples, and a lady just rocks up to him and is like, um, she asks him sister. to help her yeah. uh, have a child, like uh, a strong child, or so I don't remember what the specific. It was a specific child she wanted or a boy or something and um yeah i mean she's not asking him directly she's just saying can you help me find someone to help me have a kid and he's like sure i'll go ask my master and it was then it was weird he went to go ask his master he's like hey this lady wants to have a strong kid and what do i do and so the master tells him a tale of this door in the monastery that um, a bunch of dudes, like... Well, I think women would go there and they'd conceive boys in that room. Yeah, in that room, because there was a bunch of strong guys that could make strong Superstitious. So It was yeah, something weird. <laughs> um, but he's like, I... Ha- uh, they were oh they were so set on just having kids that I had to like lock them in there because they couldn't they weren't doing anything else they were just you know having trying to have kids and not doing their job or studying whatever they're supposed to do yeah he, um, he didn't like it when he when he took over so he closed it down yeah Whereas like, so I just locked the door so nobody could use that room um, and so he gives the key to that room to the um, the monk and he's like well if you go to that room the woman will be helped or whatever so you know some like cryptic like line and so the the as far i think as far as the translation was it seemed like the dudes were locked in that room and they're still there and they're just good at having kids so the monk takes the the girl there and or the woman and he's like I have the key to this room and, you know, behind these doors, there's 
dudes that make strong kids or whatever. So they go down there and there's no, there's, it's empty. There's nobody in there, but there's like a bed. And um, the, you know, the monkey's still naive and the, the woman's like, well, good thing you're here too because <laughs> you must be a strong guy in this room or whatever. So they uh, have a, a child. <laughs> and that, I believe that's the son that is narrating. And that's the narrator, yeah. Um, but that's like, the last we see of her. Yeah. Well, it's weird in the... I don't know. It's weird discussing it, but it made sense for the movie. Like, it was fine. It's nothing... It wasn't like, you know, um, nothing obscene about it. They, they, It was well handled, I guess. Yeah, and she said it was it was consensual. It's still, yeah. It should be clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, but she said we can never see each other again. Basically, um, what she said, she's like, "You'll never see me again." And he says something, and then I think she says, "I guess you know we don't really know the future," or maybe he says that. One of them is like, "Maybe we'll meet again." Mm, you can't, you yeah. can't know what the future holds, or something. So, and the implication is that they do meet because it, the son knows who his father is. Who his father is, yeah. Um. Yeah, it was just I, I can't remember how it fits in because it seems like a, such a tonal shift back again. Yeah, it was one of those like little vignettes that just happened. <laughs> I don't I don't remember where it takes place. I know it's in the latter half, but I don't know why it just did. Yeah, and then I guess our our triad boss apologizes for attacking the guy. I jumped around a bit, but yeah, but then he backstabs him by teaming up with the villain, basically, doesn't he? And sets up. Yeah. Well, the triad boss was still angry about the whole thing, so oops, excuse me. He, um, yeah, teams up with the villain, and uh, what he does, he's like, all I've kidnapped, the, or not kidnapped, but we're, since I'm the police chief, um, I've put uh, Peng under arrest for the murder of your friend and uh, I'll arrange a meeting and you can do something to him I don't know I wasn't clear on what they were trying to do yeah, other than it was a big trap it sped up a little bit nearly and it kind of just quickly rushed the ending a little bit too quickly yeah. So basically, um, they set up a meeting at this lake uh, between Peng and the um, boss Ja. So and before this happened, between the the battle with fight with the triads and all this happening, this is when we learn about um, our rogue and him learning about the the eight fist, which we talked yeah, right yeah, at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, it does the yeah. uh, the big flashback that we discussed where they're in the war and they they're in the fist there's the i think what was tough was when they explain what the eight fist is it was like a five minute long explanation on the nature of that particular martial art which i guess is cool but it was vague um in the subtitles like it was hard to parse Basically, then they just sit still for like a year, and then they were able to like move faster or something. Well, it's like everything moves at the speed of like life, and animals when they see the moon, like they move faster. Like, are they more active at night than in the day? 
but man can, or because they, I guess they can't look at the sun or something. Something about oh, yeah, like yeah. them being nocturnal, so they can't like appreciate the daylight. But man can appreciate the daylight, and monkeys can like look at the sun. Like <laughs> I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but since monkeys can look at the sun and they move faster in the daytime, if you understand to like look at the, it's not like literally looking at the moon and the sun, but it sort of is um, appreciating like day life as light and then the moonlight as like nightlife. Um, basically embracing your animal uh, nature um, makes you move faster. I think, <laughs> I think that's what was the, the point of it. Um, and you get sick uh, super moves using the full moon or the bright sun. Yeah. It, it was a little confusing. I'm sure they're saying about sitting still for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they, 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 they sat in a cave for like a yes. year. Uh, but yeah. I think and maybe they were conserving their energy, you know, the energy you use to move around. They're just saving it up and then can just use it all at once. I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they move really yeah, fast. We, <laughs> yeah, we... I mean, we get to the, I guess, the final battle where it is, it's like a trap, basically, from the triad boss, because he's mad for being embarrassed. Yeah. Our villain. So he's sent Isn't it, Kung Fu Don't dudes. we have, like, a fight scene in their minds? They get, they get a, they get jumped, but then they fight their way out of it, all fights. Yeah, it's just well, um, Peng and Boss Ja have, like, a, yeah, mind fight scene. It's kind of like from Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, where they just use their mind energy to fight, to, to fight each other. And they're kind of reading moves ahead. Like, if, well, if I move and do this, he's going to do that. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, but, of course, um, Peng is cheating and has um, one of his dudes run by with the sword and try to cut off Bosja's head, but just cuts his throat. It doesn't kill him. It just nicks it, I guess. Which is weird because it was a big sword. Who just killed him? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be that he would actually die, and then our hero would have to fight and win. Yeah, but no, nope. that didn't happen. He lived. He's fine. <laughs> um, and then he flipped the car with a spear. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. He just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's the car drove up it like a ramp, sort and of, then and flipped. then he flipped it. And then it exploded because it hit the water. Like, there's a lake. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Cars don't explode when they hit things, generally. Especially when they hit water. <laughs> but it did. <laughs> it did, it, it, it blew up. It was good. Good effects. <laughs> yeah. You also can't blow up a lock through a locked door. Or <laughs> close the door. Kung, kung fu can. <laughs> well, kung fu can flip a car and explode it on the lake. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> you know, he was using the power of the sun <laughs> to blow it up. Yeah, it was fire bending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, okay. That, yeah, we we missed that one part. There was a cool um, the fight scene between the Moon Master and Pung. Um, they're fighting in his little his little temple hut house, and they're standing on top of a stove. 
that has like burning, you know, embers, and the embers are flying up in the air, and they're just like flicking them at each other. That part was cool. Oh, that was cool. I guess that is fire bending. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the special effects were good around that scene. There was the water and all the stuff looked pretty. Yeah, cool. everything looked really good. Though. Like we said, the cinematography was good, and the the CG. I mean, you know, it's fake, but it looked really well. I mean, well, well done. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have gone like that CG, even though I, you know, you know, you can't no, send a, <laughs> t- you know, a tunnel of water at somebody, or. Yeah, no, it was, very, it was, it was one of our better CG films. Cherry Blossom. Yeah, it was better than um, Baby Jet Li and <laughs> <laughs> Baby Six Arms. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but, you know, this, this movie is a little over the place, as our discussion is probably portrayed. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we tried I, to I, chronologically cover it. It was tough. I think we've done better this time than we have in our most of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah we know what we're doing now <laughs> um but yeah and all in all i just think there's a lot to take from this film um a lot we can learn and so, yeah I, I i like it yeah i would be interested in reading the book or at least you know some synopsis of it but i, I didn't see anything where oh, it was sure. english but you know maybe this movie will be more popular in uh they'll translate the book that'd be great that would be cool <laughs> um but yeah i think i think that wraps us up dear dave yeah i think we uh we got everything covered um what, what would you what would you give this rating because we neither of us saw this except for this this time when we watched it for the thing so it's the first time to watch it yeah, see, it's the same problem. I'm such a, a dork when it comes to this stuff. It's like the mo- most recent one I've seen is my favorite one. <laughs> um, not quite. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put this as my favorite, but I will I will put it up there for like... Uh... I could see why it's rated lower because it is a little bit all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it works. Yeah. Um, if you don't go expecting, like like we said, a, you know, a standard kung fu movie, because that's not what this is, um, it, it'll, I think, fare better than if you try to rate it as um, strictly a kung fu movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually just the last fight scenes happening when um, our main character fights Jackie Chan's son, the villain's son. Uh, and I've just noticed he's wearing the hairpin um that our our dead master was wearing and has the same hairstyle as he did oh okay so it's quite interesting he's paying attention i'm just well no i wouldn't have noticed that but i might notice it now and he's kind of living for his dead master yeah well that's why i'm reading it now and i think that's quite interesting and he continues on to learn the the eight fists yeah yeah, i think he learns both, both styles of it yeah and returns up the mountain. We've got to say that. Yes. He so goes Mark back up the mountain. Goes down and back up the mountain. <laughs> um, so I, I would rate, I can see why. I think this is what example of where the sum is not as great as its parts. Does that make sense? So you're saying that individually the vignettes are stronger the than like, the story as a, taken as a whole? Yeah, as a whole, it's a bit of a mess. But as as individually, certain things like the 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 
the message it's trying to portray, the the moral, the story is, I think, quite powerful. I think the analogy for life is quite powerful and the what we can learn from our mistakes is powerful. But again, as a whole film, I think it's lacking to some extent. Hmm. Um, um, I think this so, yeah, needs it's, it's, like subsequent viewings. Um, maybe it's probably stronger on the second. I don't think it three is maybe too many, but a second time at least, uh, with being familiar with the characters and the themes, you, you're able to look and notice, I think, the detail that they put, because they put a lot of detail in this film, you know, as we just pointed out, you <laughs> realize he was wearing a specific, you know, hairstyle and hairpin. Yeah, it's the same little wooden hairpin. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, um, also point out what you're watching now the villain actually kills himself um oh yeah the the opera guy refuses to kill him because it's not about vengeance and just because just killing murdering someone for vengeance doesn't solve anything because then the son would be angry yeah well they they say that specifically he's like yeah the the son will just do the same thing that we're you know we're just continuing the cycle that we already did and they're the goal of you know, the Buddhism and everything is to get out of that, right, that cycle. cycle of pain. And that's and exactly what, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's exactly what, um, Aaron, uh, character did. Uh, he was trying to not be angry at the guy who tried killing him. Um, but he was still murdered by him. And so they're trying to break that cycle of, mm-hmm. and so I, I really like those messages, but as I say, the whole, as a whole movie, it's the cinematography is great, but it's a little bit jumbled. So I, yeah, it's probably around sixty five percent, sixty five out of a hundred, maybe. But I still got a lot from the film, <laughs> so I need to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think my, my I'll give it like a seventy three. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, perfect. Probably a little higher if I watch it again. Uh, mm. I like the cast. I mean, it has like everybody, everybody's in this movie. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah, like you said, I like the themes and I like the message. Uh, it could have probably been like, I don't know where, but chop off like 20 minutes and it might have been a little bit easier to watch. Yep. Yeah. It has a slow start. Yep. I think that's what it was. Is it, it, it A very slow start. It gets going and then it's moving at a pretty good clip, but the first half hour like doesn't feel like half hour it feels like an hour <laughs> yeah and that is again that's why i think i'd like it as miniseries i would like mm-hmm. an extra hour i could do with some of these things we fleshed out more yeah but over a, over like three episodes four episodes maybe even more depending on what ends what's in the actual book yeah well i mean <laughs> um, when you look at the, the the core of the masters and the whole the whole thing with the ape ape strike fist manual like that whole section those little bits that's basically an entire movie by itself like a separate like kung fu vengeance movie and then it's sort of bookended with other stuff and that just you know it muddies the water a little bit even though it's it it does everything that it's setting out to do like i i'm not gonna fault it got its message across um it probably could have just been a little bit like neater, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah. And again, yeah. I don't know how much of that is, you know, the source material being adapted, um, them, 
really um, leaning into like the visual angle. I mean, this this is like an art house film, sort of. It was look good. You know, it, it has that same feeling that when we you know watch um, Hero uh, or House of Flying Daggers, like it, it, they didn't lean on that as much, but it's there. Um, and oh, I think pretty, maybe that's yeah. what would drive some people off. Um, like I said, mm-hmm. when they're definitely looking for like an action movie, because this isn't an action movie. It has some in it, but it's a drama. Because it's a drama at the core. Yep. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I, 73. I, I, <laughs> that's what I... Fair enough. I think I, I pushed mine down lower than I actually think I... I was just trying to be fair. Um, but no, yeah. But I just always aim for around 75, and that just seems silly, because I always give it... Reads <laughs> the same score. I actually really like talking about this film. I think I got a lot more out of it thinking about it. Um, I didn't ask you, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm good. That's why I watched watch that time. <laughs> I, I think I've got more out of it thinking about it. After finishing this film, I was like, I don't know. But thinking about it and discussing it, I've actually found I've got a lot more out of it. Yeah, I mean, it also helped me place what was going on. Like, I, I'm not dumb. I understood what was happening when I watched it, but there was just so well, much happening. <laughs> you know, you, it, yeah. this this benefits taking a step back and, like I said, either watching it a second time or at least talking about it. Um, so I, that's, I think you hit it on the money. It's a good film for film studies, especially a, yeah. an Asian film studies class. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you can dig into these vignettes like way more than we are especially if you can stop and you know watch parts of it like those little chunks and then just repeatedly you know look at those and see what's going on um that that's harder Hmm. to do uh in this format um specifically uh at least as far as i'm able to whereas you're (laughs) you're able to kind of like refresh yourself uh, and you know watch it um on the side, which yeah, I mean, which is, a good, which is a good thing. Well, that's hey, that that helps us, you know, both because then when when you remember something or when you're able to remind yourself of it, it reminds me. So yep, it works out. Uh, yeah, I think that that's it for um, this one, and yeah, we're <laughs> it puts us pretty much right on time. Little back to the uh, good old slightly over hour and a half. Um, cast so that's good i guess <laughs> yep um yeah we didn't get any really comments uh as usual please send us reviews um comments just talk to us <laughs> we love to discuss this stuff or you know other films or anything that uh you as listeners might be interested in we're pretty much game for almost anything as you can tell by our 10 minute divergence into <laughs> Dragon Ball. Um, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Uh, I was, I was reining it in because I almost was going to go, Hey, remember you know, had that uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball fighter Z. How was that? <laughs> it's good by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't go there. Um, and th- thanks Mai, for the question. Uh, it yeah. was a little tongue in yeah. cheek, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Yeah, a little, you know, a little inject a little bit extra fun into the show. Um, Vader, uh, where can listeners find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can go to VaderVanOden.com, game reviews, uh, links to my gaming YouTube with my son, and 
my other video game podcast, Dark Insights. So it's all in one place, uh, betavanodin.com. And yourself? I am on, I almost said Tumblr, um, <laughs> Twitter at sentinot underscore plus. Uh, you can also find one of the other podcasts I do um, on iTunes uh, under Monster Dear Monster. Cool. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, that's a wrap. Um, thanks for sticking around uh, this long, folks. And we'll be back next time <laughs> with something else, something new, uh, something kung fu. Bye-bye. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>